What's up, everyone? Welcome back. I am your host, Ryan. If you're new to the podcast, thanks for stopping by and giving us a listen. You can subscribe wherever you're listening to this right now to get the latest episode delivered directly to you. And you can also find it on our website at atxmp.com. There's a whole story behind that, but I'm glad that the website is back. (laughs) Uh, If you like keeping up with Texas Metal and Rock, then you've obviously come to the right place. Just search ATX Metal Podcast and you can find us on all the socials. And if you could, you know, give us a like and a sub. And if you're ever so willing and inclined to do so, a review would be amazing. But if you don't want to, I am mad at you. I would also like to thank our sponsors, Come and Take It Live and Come and Take It Productions. Uh, If you want to see any shows that are coming up, you can head over to their website, click on the calendar tab and give it a look, scroll up and down, check out the flyers. There's a lot of good stuff coming up. Uh, If you find a show that you would like to attend and if there's a local band opening up, you know what I'm about to say. Uh, you're going to have to go ahead and get those tickets from the locals because that money goes directly back into their pockets. Plus, when they show up to the venue and they've sold all their tickets, that helps them, you know, get on more shows and, you know, get out there and do their thing more. So hit up the locals as always. And in case you missed the announcement, I'd like to introduce again our newest sponsor, BumperActive.com. They are our brand new merch sponsor, and I'm so happy that we finally teamed up with them. Uh, You can head over to their website, which is BumperActive.com, and you can check out all the available services that they have to offer, or you could actually head to their brick and mortar location at 5907 Burnett Road in Austin, Texas, Uh, or you could give them a call at 512-465-9306 and just let them know that the podcast sent you. Uh, I don't make anything. I don't have any spiffs or affiliations. I just want to be able to provide, you know, a local source uh, at, a, at a comparable rate or maybe even a better rate than your current merch company is giving you. Uh, plus, they're local. They're right here in Austin. You can save on shipping and just go pick up your stuff. So that's why we picked them. Uh, they were uh, recommended to us by our last sponsor, Odyssey Print Shop. Rest in peace. I'm just happy that we finally got hooked up with them and we got the ball rolling. I've already got a thousand stickers and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be printing a lot more. So again, bumperactive.com. Go hit them up. Go check them out. Tell them that the podcast sent you. All right. So in this episode, I sit down with members Aaron, Ivy, and Hakeem of the Zebellion Triangle, a three-piece symphonic death metal band out of Houston, Texas. If you're into technical, but, you know, melodic riffs, blast beats, and, uh, you know, apocalyptic choirs, and all those other sweet sounds that death metal genres have to offer then you're going to want to put them on your playlist and give them a like and a follow. Uh, I had a great time getting to know them and learning more about them as a band and as individuals. Uh, You know, that's kind of why I do this, just to get to know the people behind the music. Uh, Check out their latest album at the Banks of the Rubicon on Spotify and other platforms. And, uh, you know, just give their socials some love. I'll have all the important links tagged in the description of this episode like usual. So don't worry, I got you. And I also wanted to give them a personal shout out because they sent me a signed CD with a personal handwritten note. And, you know, truly, it was cool to get that in the mail, and I greatly, greatly appreciate it. So thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, You know, so here we go. I hope you enjoy the episode as much as I did. And uh, I'd like to introduce the Zebellion Triangle.
yeah, let me just talk a few things out. You guys are relatively new band, right? Yes, relatively. I would say actively, yes. Okay. Because the discography only went back to 21, and I felt like right. there might be more there. So, yeah, I mean, uh, October of 2021 was when we played our first show. Okay. And that was kind of, we kind of just came, you know, hurling out of the gates, I, I would say, like, <laughs> uh, had a couple shows and uh, we had been working on the album, you know, for a while, but we kept getting a lot of requests at the show to be able to listen to music and we didn't have anything out. So uh, that 2021 release is just a demo that was thrown together relatively quickly. Like we did, uh, we actually took an old, uh, blood blood watcher. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So that one we took, there was, when we first got like a drum mic set up, we, we just were messing around and I got like a pretty good take, um, back when we, when we had a, uh, practice space in a storage unit. And we, I think we just took that take on edited, uh, through some of the old guitar tracks and symphonic tracks over it and did some uh, rough vocals and just put it out there. And that was kind of, that was, that. I would say that, like the band's been an idea for probably since in its current form since what, 2019? I would say so. Yeah, I think we, you and I started talking about it probably end of 2018-ish, yeah. but like really seriously get, like we had our, first like official sit down meetings and all that like beginning at 2019 yeah and then it was not till like covid happened and all that kind of threw us behind a bit and then yeah um then it's been kind of full speed ahead since late 2021 well i guess we'll just go ahead and start there welcome to the show everybody i'm your host ryan of atx metal podcast uh introduce yourselves the band you're in what you guys do and where you're from and then we'll get in to the meat and potatoes sure you want to start? All right. Um, I'm Ivy. We are the Zabellian Triangle. I came up with this name to rip off DC Comics and have them sue us one day. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> uh, Zebel is a kingdom of Atlantis that Mira is from, which is uh, Aquaman's like life. Man, I feel uh, I feel like we're gonna talk a little bit about the music, and we're just gonna go full tilt into comics. Is that okay? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just anytime that there's uh there's something more than than the music, I like to I like to get that out of out of the guests, so that way we know you more as people, and and then you know obviously the music will follow. Because if you can't like the people playing the music, you know that's. It's a tough sell. <laughs> so anyway, so we like, so we got con- we got DC. They are suing us very soon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, no, because um, I actually did the due diligence of looking because um, Zebel in some canon is located in the Bermuda Triangle. So wow. I was trying to think, okay, well, have they ever called it the Zebelian Triangle? Like in anywhere, and oh. they have so that, technically, yeah. I damn, I like that more than the comic stuff, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so there is so okay. So the Zebellion Triangle is a representation of just stuff where stuff goes to get lost. Yeah, I guess so. 
Okay. <laughs> well, who else? Who else we got on the mic today? All right. So uh, I'm Aaron Hetzko. Uh, I play drums, and I'm less familiar with all that kind of stuff, so I cannot uh, speak as in depth about that. And who's missing? My name is Akeem. I'm the bass player. Oh, he's there. Oh, yeah. I just don't have a lot of input here. He's he's quiet. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, hell. So so this is the trifecta. This is what makes up the triangle, essentially. Correct. And who does vocals? Um, Hakeem and I do vocals right now. We're working with a couple different people to do the lead vocal spot. And yeah. So are you actively searching for a lead vocalist at this time? It's kind of yes, kind of no. Okay. We're just trying to work with a bunch of different people to try kind of new things out, but also we kind of just want to like, make sure that we take our time and find the right person for the role. So we're not like immediately jumping into a member search. So, well, this will air, this will be one of the first ones of the year. Uh, so I'm assuming that you guys will have already interviewed, you know, a handful. Um, but for those that are just, you know, curious about the music as a whole, cause I am, I mean, with a, with a name, like at the banks of the Rubicon as an album title and looking at the imagery of the album art and all of the names of of the songs. I mean, it's, I, I feel like this is a concept of sorts. It's more of kind of like a very stretched unifying theme between songs. Oh, uh, yeah. There's not really a whole lot of actual story concept um, for this album because it's a lot of old material from an old band that kind of got finalized, put together, and finally after I think of. I think for me, it's like a sum of like eight years I've been trying to get this album done. Oh, so you are you are the founding member of this band. I would say Aaron and I are the founding members of this band. Okay. But in terms of like continuation from my old band, yeah, all the material is from myself and the former lead person of the previous band, which was called uh, the Istal Cadaver. Their name is Kaz. And they wrote uh, a vast majority of like the riffs and about half the lyrics, I think. And then I kind of had some of my songs and then I finished out the lyrics and then I took it in the symphonic direction. So all the orchestral stuff, apart from a couple ideas on a couple songs, uh, pretty much all the orchestral stuff is me. I'm, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I, I, I really like kind of branching out and getting a chance to listen to some shit like this because it just, it kind of, it, it, it took me on, on kind of a journey, you know, maybe that was just me kind of reading a little bit too much into it, but let's uh, like, how did, how did you guys come together? Tell me about the history. Let me, uh, let's get to know uh, the Zabellian Triangle, you know, family. And, you know, is everybody from here? Did people move from here? You know, like you said, ashes from another band. And now this is finally popping off. Let's, uh, let's dig into those weeds. Yeah, I think, I think that's a great segue actually, because, uh, Hey, uh, we did it. (laughs) The, uh, the old band is kind of how the, at least me kind of rediscovering the tracks of the old band is kind of what ended up bringing us together again is, 
I, I the Isdal Cadaver, I wasn't technically in, but I uh, I filled in for for one show, and so that was oh, what was that 2016, I think. I think so. Maybe 2015. 2016 it had to be 2016. Yeah, and uh, I was in uh, college at the time, and I wasn't playing drums too often at that point. Um, but near the end of college, around 2018, um, I started kind of picking up drums again, and uh, I was playing for like some country bands and stuff uh, in college. But uh, where'd you go to college? If I'm asking, A and M. Okay. Uh oh. Okay. Yep. Uh, so okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and so I, I was kind of digging through my uh, computer, looking for songs to just jam along with and stuff, and I, I found the old Isdal. Uh, tracks and you know it was just messing around to them i had an electric kit at the house i was living in and uh just jamming along and i think just one day i messaged ivy and i said hey do you want to play these songs again they're fun like i'm just jamming to them and uh you know i think it took a little bit of convincing and you know there was it wasn't it wasn't an immediate just let's hop back into it but you know it was um it's like can we can we just can we slow down a little bit can we dip some yeah toe? yeah can we get set the temperature okay here we go yeah i was kind of i'd kind of been in and out of a couple different bands and at that point in time i was extremely cynical and jaded about being in a local band again which at this point in time it's like i kind of look back and like all the people that i played with you know i all look back at everybody extremely positively for the most part but you know, I I got kind of burnt out a lot of just playing music. So when Aaron hit me up to kind of put this together, I was pretty adamant that like, if I'm going to do this, it's going to be for serious and we need to go about it the right way and do things like all out or not at all, because otherwise I'm not really interested yeah, no more just jamming and hanging out. Like we're actually going to take it seriously and, you know, try to start playing shows and booking like, you know, uh, with more thought behind it other than just, hey, let's just play a show. Like trying to, um, you know, hit certain markets and, you know, eventually like next year we have goals to tour and things of uh, that sort. So I love it. The The goal is from the get go, at least with, uh, you know, this this band how it is now is just to to hit it hard and you know take things seriously and act like professionals basically uh kind of just our our running joke has been we we're just gonna larp like a touring band until we, we are one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god larping cosplaying yeah man that's that's i can i can totally attest to those feelings uh it it, it takes time to realize mistakes even though you have friends around you that that have done those same things and probably even gave you the advice at that time and it was just your mind wasn't focused on x y or z uh so i can i can totally understand like the burning the being burnt out and you know if we're gonna do this we're gonna do this uh what 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 would be a piece of advice from either collectively or each of you individually what would what would you now tell you then that's a good question Man, we asked um, the hard questions over here, man. Boom. Uh, we can come back to it, but I mean, no. I, I, oh, does anyone else have an answer first? I'm trying to. I'm trying. I was gonna say, if if I had to look back and tell myself something, is keep moving forward with specific intent 
don't just move forward for the sake of moving Ooh, forward. That's a good one. I like that one. Kind of just kind of just get it. Like, hey man, you, you like doing this, just do it. Don't, mm-hmm. you know, don't like just do a, it just to do it. Yeah. Don't don't just have like a superficial goal. Have something actually substantial and even if it's a a far reaching goal, from that far goal, you can set up smaller goals and continually break down the process of what you need to do to hopefully get to the next goal and so on and so forth. Basic kind of yeah, just, life planning stuff. I yeah, guess. reverse engineer the 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 end, and you know if you follow that path properly, obviously yeah. there'll be bumps and bruises along the way, but you know because my you know one of my goals long-term is to be uh, a farm team, like a go-to for booking agencies or labels, if you will. So that's why I really want to, you know, push the envelope this year is to try and throw some rowdy shows to get some eyes on the locals that, that, I mean, cause you guys, not just, not just y'all. I mean, I haven't even seen you guys play live, which is um, we can get to later as far as like tours and stuff or shows. But yeah, the whole just pushing yourself and getting out there and having an end goal. That's, I like that. I really like that. Aaron. Uh, yeah, I, I, the, really the last part of that is, is kind of what I've really learned recently is just, you know, you kind of have this mountain that you want to climb, but if you just, it, it don't, it seems so unattainable if you just are viewing the mountain, but if you take it, you know, one rock at a time, uh, you know, each little step, it's, it's kind of before, you know, it, you're halfway up the mountain or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's, it really makes and it, it, it helps avoid that burnout too. Um, whenever you, you feel accomplished by the smaller goals, it, it's like your brain kind of needs that small victory to keep, keep the flame going versus just endlessly climbing in hopes to one day reach, you know, the final destination. Um, and that's, uh, that's something that's been so big for me recently is just focusing all, on all the small victories, even, even like the smallest things possible, like just breaking it down and then like kind of rewarding yourself for, Hey, you, you got this done, even though maybe it took you a week longer, a month longer than you wanted. Right. You did it. You're still moving in the right direction. And yeah, that that's just been super important for me recently. Um, and I and I think I think I kind of knew that back then, but I think I I just understand it much better now. Yeah, you're like, hey, damn, that was good advice. Should have listened to it. <laughs> right. It's like whenever whenever uh, I talk to my parents, and there's just you know I talk to them about because I'm 39 creeping on 40, but I feel 29. And, you know, I always look back like, man, you know, I should have listened to this and listened to that. But now here I am giving my, giving my parents advice about financial stuff and, and, you know, retirement goals, but yet I have nothing in my savings for retirement. So I feel like my words of wisdom cast upon my parents aren't Eh, there's no real, there's no real there there, but it's you know, it's the thought that counts. <clears throat> oh my god, so sorry about that. Golly. I feel you there. You Something in this fucking six, room. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I, I'm sure everybody's kind of along the same lines of I wish Texas would just make up its mind if 
it's done with summer yet uh <laughs> and now like the the cedar the cedar is starting to pop here are are you guys re- uh locals um uh, not locals like from texas or transplants like myself so i i was born in houston and i moved around a little bit but i've been i've been in the houston area basically uh besides college since fifth grade or since i was what is that 10 11 okay so almost I was, uh, I'm from Mexico. I was born in Monterrey. I oh. came to Houston when I was three and just been living in different parts of Houston. Now I'm in the Pasadena area, uh, closer to these guys in the Clear Lake area, the <laughs> Webster area. I, got um, I was born in Los Angeles and came here when I was seven. And that's basically the story. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's pretty simple, Ryan. I was born here, I moved here. Done. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I've I've been here for over a decade. I think I'm working on year 13. I followed I followed my oldest daughter out here with her mother, my ex-wife, and she's now 18. But since my time here, I guess my uh, cuz I don't have any I don't have any family in Texas outside of my uncle Pat in Houston, which I don't visit enough. I should go I should go visit him more. But uh, outside of that, we don't have any immediate family. So I remember asking myself, like, you know, what is what am I going to do when she's 18? I was like, ah, we'll just we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But through this little old podcast, I have formed, you know, a family of sorts through the metal community. And it's just it's really good to continue meeting new bands uh, just like you guys and, and, and finding new music and uh, helping you guys get the word out. Uh, speaking of getting the word out. You guys dropped one, two, three, four singles and then bankrolled them into the album. Do you guys do all of your, uh, all your mixing and mastering yourselves? Or you guys shop it out? Um, for the time being, yes, for the most part, it's all in-house. Um, we had the album and the singles mastered by David Fuller, um, who is a... Berkeley audio grad. Um, he's, Berkeley. Yeah, honestly, it wasn't really the Berkeley cred that got it. It's because I encountered him through like audio engineering groups and forums. And oh. uh, he's absolutely nutty with tech and amps and modding amps and repairing amps and DIY outboard gear. And he's really, really really obsessed with the tech specs of absolutely every component of stuff. So it's like that attention to detail was like, if he's like this with everything from mixing to guitars, to uh, amps, to outboard gear, to even like coffee, like he's, he's got a whole thing with coffee machines and coffee presses as well. (laughs) Okay. Like I know he's whatever I send him, he's going to pay extreme attention to and sure enough yeah like he really delivered and we're extremely happy with the masters that he delivered i can i can say that i do feel like y'all's style of music that you play does require another what's the word another type of engineer or producer not saying or trying to discredit any of the other genres like hardcore, deathcore, anything, but death metal, there's just, like I said, I feel like there's so much that goes on in this album 
that, I mean, even from an individual stonk stamp, standpoint, that whoever is spending the time to curate this and make it as sexy as possible and, and you know, check all the boxes, uh, hats off. Because I, I, I gave it the in-car test, uh, ran it through headphones, and then through the monitors just to kind of get a full effect. And, man, it, it, it hits on all notes. So uh, hats off to, what was his name? Uh, Dave? David, David Fuller at Fuller Audio. Awesome. Yep, yep. He's up there in, uh, he's still up there in the Boston area, I believe. Okay. Um, Who does y'all's album artwork? Because I got to say, it's, I'm, I'm digging it. <laughs> so the album art was done by uh, Vota. His artist name is Moonroot. Um, he's done a lot of, like dungeon synths and atmospheric black metal, like paintings and logo design. He did both. Well, he did not just the album art, but also our logo and our emblem design as well. So it's all moon root. Okay. Um, it's all his stuff. Incredibly nice guy from Czech Republic. Cannot recommend him enough. Like love his art style. Yeah. Cause like I'm, I'm looking at it and it's just like it, it it doesn't have like this polishedness to it, uh, but it but it has like this kind of like old timey feel. I don't know. This is just this is just my take on it. But either way, it, it definitely when you look at it, you really it like it it makes you look at it. It's not just like oh shit, that's flashy. It's like man, look at okay, what is happening here? Okay, there's a wolf and some spiders and like people with swords and shit and like a, a glowing rock. Like what is happening here? Uh, so if you could, can, can do the, do, do the, the cover photos relate to the music? Like the, like the story that's trying to be told with the cover art? Yes. Um, I'm actually really happy that, um, Voto was able to get everything on the album cover. Cause I sent him like a very rough sketch of like layouts and different design elements. I had a couple different, like poses for the wolf i had kind of different character sheets for the three of us that were on the cover and he got every single one of them in there so the spiders are for spawn of ungoliance um which is about the murkwood spiders specifically is what i was thinking of but it's basically all the giant spiders in middle earth in lord of the rings and so on um, the Wolfman is Cursed Lineage. The Dragon is Dracarys. The Giant Pyramid is confirmed because it's the whole all-seeing eye kind of conspiracy theory song. Yeah, pretty much they're all there in some way, shape, or form, even with a kind of stretch, I guess. Yeah, no, it looks... It, I, like I said, I I dig it. And, and you know, this this type of music isn't in my like normal wheelhouse. So when I do get a chance to kind of step outside my comfort zone and then the music is actually good, right? <laughs> like it makes it worth the journey. Uh, Cause normally what I'll do is just, you know, drop it in a playlist or I'll just go top to bottom and go for a run. Uh, the one thing I do like is dropping it in like on a radio and to see what else kind of, kind of comes out in, in, in the algorithmic because i just watched i don't know if you guys have watched it have you guys watched the playlist on netflix i have not no no oh my bananas dude it is about the creation of spotify and its 
you know, it's rise and it's kind of tumultuous with whenever Taylor Swift and all the artists started getting mad at him in like 2010 or something. But it, it's, it, it, it's just, I, I would say go watch it because it tells it from the standpoint of everybody that was involved, the partner, the CEO, the lawyer, the money, uh, the artist, the, it just tells the, the, the different sides of, you know, oh, and the coder, how, how, like how they actually created a new uh, form of transmission for the TCIP protocol. Um, it, it would like had never been done before. And it, it's just, it's really cool. I'm sorry. I'm going off on a tangent here about Spotify, but <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll do the same thing. Trust me. Yeah. But, but uh, I wanted to get y'all's take on uh, a couple things when it comes to streaming and like for fans of. So, like I said, the thing that I liked is when I dropped you guys in a playlist on a shuffle uh, just to see what would pop out, it really did work for me. But now knowing how Spotify works to a point, I guess, you know, from what I've read and what I've been told, uh, it, it makes total sense because it threw in some locals that I wasn't aware of, uh, which is the whole goal of this is just to continue to learn more and more locals and get their music out here. Uh, so uh, with all that said, when you guys go to promote, do you guys try to push a certain platform? And the other question is, who are the bands that you guys uh, have played with locally uh, that you feel uh, would, be, would uh, warrant some shout outs? Okay, so for the first question, um, I feel like, we we've we've pushed Spotify, but I think is this Aaron? We, Sorry, yeah, this is Aaron. Okay, yeah, so we we've pushed Spotify, but we have a I think more so we've kind of pushed like the Linktree link that has everything because I know they I would say maybe what three quarters of our listeners are probably on Spotify, but we still have a good amount on Apple Music and uh, YouTube or Bandcamp or you know the people that buy the physical CDs, right? Um, so we want to make sure that people aren't just you know, left out by only providing a Spotify link or something like that. Sure. Um, so we've tried to kind of push it to where you can find everything all in one spot um, just to make it easy. And I think it's worked pretty well. We've had, we, uh, I use the Spotify metrics a lot just because it doesn't encompass everything, but it, I think it gives kind of a good idea of like where your listeners are currently at or where people are finding you if it's through like a certain playlist or whatever. And so we look at those a lot. Like I noticed recently after we did a, a run, you know, all of our top cities are now all Texas cities. Um, nice. And when we first dropped the album, you know, we were getting shared around a lot more. So we had, you know, Houston's always been our, one of our, I think our top city the whole time, um, which makes sense. Right. Um, but, you know, we were getting like, you know, I think Berlin popped up for a while or, uh, a couple other German cities popped up because we got either some press in Europe or uh, on some sort of kind of more localized playlist or something. So um, now that we're kind of past the whole release thing, you know, we're, we're more settling into who are the people that are, you know, still listening to us. What now? It's almost six months later, five months later. Um, and we're kind of seeing, uh, you know, I'm enjoying seeing the metrics of, okay, now, like 
really the the people who are still listening to us are probably the ones who got to see us live and have um, had more of that, you know, personal engagement. And and that's, I, I guess, a kind of tangent from the question, but that was, that's why I like Spotify in that sense. And I still look at the Apple music ones and they're, they, they, they somewhat line up. I always forget to check the YouTube stats as well. They, they all kind of correlate, but right. um, I find that Spotify gives a bit more of a, since there's just more listeners, you get a more, like a broader, broader shot. Right. Cause you know, the Apple music, there's, there's certain countries that use it more. We have a lot of Japanese listeners on uh, Apple music I've noticed. And that, that actually kind of stemmed There's another tangent, but we had a, um, a, a record store in Osaka, Osaka. Yeah. That ordered a batch of our CDs and uh, kind of just started promoting them online and selling them in the store. Wait, what? They just yeah. randomly ordered your CDs? Yeah, we got an email to the band email uh, from yeah, Leo. Like, from please, please tell me this story. Um, so, yeah, it was SA Music in Osaka in Japan. Uh, the guy who runs the store is uh, Rio, I think. And it was just an email wondering what the wholesale price for our CD would be. And I had told him, you know, we we literally ordered a batch of a hundred CDs. Yeah, not many people buy physicals anymore, and it being our first album, we kind of just wanted it to be special. Also, because the oh. CD has um, symphonic only versions of it of most of the songs, so it is like kind of a deluxe edition. Ooh, thing. so there's bonus material on the CD that's not out in the ether of the internet. Correct. Correct. Wow. Okay. Uh, we See, people, to, this is why you buy the merch when they play the shows or you buy exactly. it off Bandcamp. Exactly. There's bonuses. Yeah. And to me, it's kind of a special thing that the first people, you know, the first hundred people to buy any of our music get that um, as kind of like an initial support sort of thank you sort of thing. I'm going to sound ignorant, but are there any left? Uh, Less than 10. Put, less one, than as, 10. put one aside for me <laughs> and, then, and then sign it. Got it. Sweet. Fuck yes. Oh, yeah. I'll uh, PayPal or Venmo or, or whatever uh, after this. <laughs> I'll give you all my details. So, um, yeah. So he was asking about that. And I told him, you know, it's a very limited batch of CDs that we have. But if you're serious about buying a batch of them, we will accept the at cost production as well as all shipping and customs covered. Nice. And it was like, cool, I'll take 22. So 22, okay. 22 of 100 CDs are in Japan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep, so, but it's, it was kind of a surreal thing because I package and ship all of our stuff and try to leave personalized notes for people thanking them for buying the CD or a shirt or whatever. Excellent I try to do touch, I must say. Um, yeah, because I mean, people people work hard for their money, and people run. You know, for someone like Rio, it's as his business, and he's taking a risk buying our CDs and not sure if he's going to make a return on it. So, you know, have you reached back out to him? Um, no, not really. But I have seen we we've seen uh, Japanese users post pictures of like their CD halls, and our CD is in the hall with like Arch Enemy. And stuff. Nice. So it's like, 
really, really cool to see like, okay, there are people buying the CD in Japan and it's awesome. And I'm, I never thought I would ever have something like that happen in my life. So I'm just, I'm amazingly grateful to Rio <laughs> buying the CDs. Um, amazingly grateful to, you know, Japanese metalheads for digging the shit out of it. <laughs> no, dude, I cannot begin to imagine the metal scene in Japan. And it's actually funny that you mentioned that one of my good friends, Matt Foreman, he was, he's been a whole, in a whole host of bands here in the local, the local scene. And, but I've known, but he's one of the longest running people that I've known uh, since like 2014. He was the front man of a band called Taking On Poseidon. And now he actually just got back from competing to become the front man of a band called Crystal Lake. Uh, I figure. Dude, yeah. I saw, well, Matt posted some clips of the show. He actually got to, like rip a set like as the front man and they played i don't know four or five songs or something and then the other comp so there's this whole competition going on it's kind of like the voice but crystal lake style and it's 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 phenomenal to be able to watch someone that i have known for so long and have continued to support to see him living out that dream and just telling me like dude japanese people are so thoughtful and humble and this that and the other but one thing that they do do well is they go hard for their metal scene over there it's it's wild so i'm i'm happy to hear that that you know that your music has made it not only digitally but also in physical form over there i personally think that's a win right because there's i know with like the brutal death metal scene there's a lot of brutal death metal in like oceana and mm. asia Yep. Um, like even at, even like some of our local peoples like um, I'll name drop like Desecrate the Faith, Stabbing I think Architectural Genocide as well mm. um, you know I've seen a lot of these brutal death metal bands that are very very small get their CDs in Philippines Indonesia, Japan and it's really interesting to see as well because some of these bands do have like label support on like, you know, smaller labels mm -hmm. uh, or labels that are specifically curated for like brutal death metal. So there is some assistance there, I think in distribution. Don't quote me on that really. Yeah. Uh, it's just me taking a guess. Sure. But for us to have that, to get CDs to Japan, 100% independently, like That's big. that was mind blowing to me. Yeah. It, it's, it, you know, like when I, when I throw shows or I go to shows, I mean, obviously everybody wants to see like, you know, as big of a crowd as they can get, but you know, I just look at it same, same for merch sales, whether you sell one, 10, a hundred, or you sell one, 10 or 20 tickets, like it'll, it'll get there. It'll get there eventually, you know, just like you said, you know, younger you, or, you know, older you telling younger you just push and, you know, full send on the goal. And, you know, as long as those micro boulders or rocks i think aaron put as a climbing the mountain you know it, it doesn't feel that tough and then when you get to the top you're like we fucking made it holy shit <laughs> and then you look back down the hill and you're like well, what all do we do to get here oh shit yeah we sold some cds over in japan and you know so i uh i applaud any 
in anyone that is able to get their their music, you know, outside of the the local hangs. You know what I mean? Sure. So yeah. the um I was looking at the oh yeah. So on on the Spotify list, or I guess on your discography, you um I wanted to clarify something. All of the music that is currently out, you said was half of another can you run me through that one more time <laughs> I, oh, I feel yes. like i didn't get it right pretty much it's all old material from another band i wrote a good chunk of the music and then um an individual by the name kaz right okay wrote um the majority of like the songs and the uh the riffs and stuff like wrote them Back then, we're talking like our college days. Gotcha. Like 2014, like 20, like fresh out of high school, 2013. Like um, even going back to 2012. Yeah, like Living Autopsy, the second to last song on the album, is a song that we played in high school because Kaz, myself, and Aaron were in a high school death metal band. And that's a song that's persisted throughout. So you guys, so you guys are high school homies. Yes, yes. Oh, okay. Okay. God, is it Hakeem? Yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <He's> just... <laughs> no, quiet. Oh, fuck, man. That was perfect. That was, man, that was exactly <laughs> what I needed. Holy crap. Okay. So y'all are high school friends. Hakeem, uh, how did, how did you get into the band? I've kind of known Ivy for many years. I, I want to say the closer part of the decade. Didn't really talk for a long time. We just covered up mutual friends, friends of friends on Facebook sure. and, you know, saw each other at shows and all that. Um, but then when I saw them post demos uh, last year and videos of like playthroughs and all that, I was just like, hey, this music is really sick. And then Ivy posted that they were looking for new or specifically a guitar player to join the band. And I was originally going to try out for a guitar, but then I saw the bass parts and I realized they didn't have a bassist. So I asked if they would like a bassist instead. <laughs> like y'all interested in this? <laughs> <laughs> so, are, so are you, a? I mean, at, at, at your beginning, were you a bassist or a guitarist first? Oh, no, I picked up guitar when I was uh, a teenager, and I didn't really pick up bass until two years ago, maybe. So, yeah, it's been guitar mainly. Um, all my past projects and bands were, I was playing guitar on those. I'm looking at this photo that you guys got on online. That's a that's a sick-looking bass. What is that? Is that, like, orange or copper? <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's an orange dingwall. Um, <laughs> okay. Have you always have you like what what to what gravitated you to the ding wall? I mean, it looks sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I, uh, I will definitely agree there. That is it is a sexy looking bass, my man. That bass specifically was actually a bass that my from my old band Terra. The bassist from there had special ordered it, and then by the time we came in, he was already like not playing anymore. Like he just kind of gave up on playing. So then. I eventually just bought it off of him because I really liked it and I recorded a few things with that and I was like, can I just, yeah, can I just buy it off of you? She's just not going to play bass anymore. Right. He's like, yeah. Um, so then I, I didn't 
I didn't really play bass for anything up until this project. I just kind of played bass for like covers and I got just you. the stuff like that. But yeah. Well, cool, man. But now I'm taking it really seriously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, how does, how does, what does, so knowing that the music isn't, you know, it, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a splash in a, in a, in a blend of from prior to current. What's the what's the horizon look like, or what's the future look like for new music from you guys? Well, I'm already starting on new stuff. Um, we are basically what I'll go ahead and say. I've kind of said this in text format, okay, and I've kind of said this to like the local homies. Is um, I have three albums that I've kind Holy of conceptualized. Did you say albums? <laughs> Albums, yes, they're going to be albums, full length. What is it? What is? And I would just, they're, I'll ask you personally. Um, for those that do write a shit ton of music, what is? I guess where's the draw? What's the draw from? Where do you draw your inspiration? Do you just get into a mood and you whip out six tracks in a, in a weekend, or is it like an overtime thing? And then you it's back very much. It? It's very much an overtime thing because okay. a lot of the material that is put towards um, those albums is also somewhat dated because it's like back in Isdal, we were trying to record what is now at the banks of the Rubicon. I was already starting to write for a follow-up EP. And then we were thinking about like a certain theme of an album that we wanted to do. And then I started writing other songs that would fit that album theme more than the EP theme. And all that eventually got backlogged. My whole thing with writing, and this is where it's made me kind of a pain in the ass to deal with sometimes (laughs) is um, I don't and can't really effectively write without specific intent for a part. It's, I don't, I've never been a person that just writes riffs and then banks them. I have to kind of know what the topic is going to be or what the overall feeling should be like before I can even begin to start playing any notes towards it at all. And that's not to say it has to stay at the starting point because a song like Zerstur on our album um, is a very like anti-fascist anthem but like it started out with a really dumb demo name because I couldn't think of a name for it. <laughs> I love these stories. What's the demo name? Blumpkins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh God. Or like um, of toil and promnesia used to be called all J every J because uh, an old, ex-bandmate from Isdal, Jay Woodall, he contributed half of the riffs for that song, and then the other half was Kaz. Hold so on. it was like one song he wrote towards. Can we go back to the Blumpkin track? What was... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Z- what was... Z- Zerstor? Is that the one? Zerstor? Yeah. Zerstor die Schwarze Son. Oh, man. That's a proper... Is that proper German? What is that? Uh, It's my half-ass attempt at trying to not insult the German people. <laughs> so what does that even mean? destroy the black sun oh which is referring to the uh the neo-nazi uh black sun sun and red symbol well uh it's kind of like a a symbol that was co-opted 
by the neo-nazis uh-huh. from like pagans and celtics but it's a specific version of like because like sun wheel symbols have been used in all sorts of different cultures but it's a very specific design of it that was 100 percent commissioned for the ss castle that was being built towards the end of the second world war um and that's kind of replaced the swastika as like the neo-nazi symbol particularly in america so i was uh perfect segue do you feel like (laughs) do you i mean when was that written because i mean obviously history is repeating itself from my standpoint and the rise of fascism and and the neo-nazi just kind of freedom to do what the fuck they think they want to do which uh if you haven't noticed the podcast does not support anything from the fascist or far right and and i will i will fucking die on that hill uh like many people have so uh you know plus being a veteran it's i mean obviously i the war that i fought in was completely unjust and full of lies but this isn't about me. <laughs> Man, this this got heavy quick. Uh, do you feel like your music is in in the ether of, you know, or in the in the hands of the people that understand what it's even about? Like, oh, this isn't just good music. It's a good, you know, it's a good song lyrically because of, you know, its message. I would hope so, because a lot of people in metal don't really care about lyrics. Um, not to say that they are particularly, I guess, indifferent, but yeah. it's not like the primary focus to most people. Like they like the vocal sounds and all the weird Breezing demonic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like, You know, I would, I would hope so because, um, It can get a little bit difficult for me sometimes, kind of, and this was kind of a a thing as to why I was a little bit hesitant to get back into music, was trying to not have pushback for um, expressing my actual beliefs and ideals through my art. And as like, a trans person it's become kind of like it feels sometimes like i'm walking through a minefield trying to navigate like am i going to run into a bunch of phobic people who don't understand that regardless of whether i'm in txt or not like this music was written by two lgbt people Mm -hmm. like two people who are non-binary like whatever your personal beliefs are about queer people this music is written by queer people for queer people and that's like a take that doesn't really have much relevancy so much right now but is definitely going to be kind of explored more okay Um, even though it's all kind of gonna fit lyrically within like a fictitious sort of realm just based on the kind of music that it is um pulling a lot of inspiration from like fantasy and dark fantasy and sci-fi and all that kind of just trying to express you know real life shit through art in 
like absolutely creative formats that I feel like are the proper medium for me personally. Well, I think that it's amazing that, you know, just, just from a musical stand, music, music consumer standpoint, uh, I think that the music is great. And like I said, it's not even in my day-to-day wheelhouse, but when I get, when I get a chance to stretch my legs and stretch my ears, I definitely take the opportunity. And from what I've heard so far, uh, I, I will admit I'm not a lyric person uh, first, but I have been making a very strong effort to, if there's like a handful of songs or a song that I definitely am, am digging, I will get into the lyrics to see what it's all about. Because I've, <laughs> I interviewed this guy. Uh, he's the lead singer of a band called Convictions. And one of their hardest songs that I absolutely loved was about his friend's suicide. And I had absolutely no idea until the day that we had the conversation. And I felt, I actually felt kind of, kind of dumb for for a lack of better words. I felt kind of dumb for not doing the homework to see what the music's about. But he, but he, he told me, he was like, look, man, it's, that's the best part about music is that it is what it is for the person, not only making it, but also consuming it. So if, if these riffs are, are where you're at, then hey man, enjoy the riffs. But if you're coming for the lyrics, then this is what the meaning behind them uh, are, or at least this is what we're trying to trying to transfer, you know, lyrically, uh, whether it be a concept or an idea or an ideology or anything like that. So the uh, I think I strayed from the path here. <laughs> what what does it look like new music wise uh, for for the band? So new music wise, we're going into just writing a bunch of singles. Um, they're all probably going to be extremely different. This first one that I'm writing is very much way more extreme and tapping into more of my extreme metal, black metal, grindcore kind of influences um, in still keeping with a symphonic death metal sound that is still going to be melodious and epic and all of that has it Um, i'm sorry to interrupt has it always been the darker side of metal that uh that you liked or did you kind of like like we said earlier dip your toes in a little bit and then you're like oh i'm going for it well i i kind of enjoy and this is this is going to be funny considering everything that i just said (laughs) okay Um, i really love black metal like black metal is my go-to subgenre and I'm, I'm a person that does at the same time, uh, real true black metal fans are going to roll their eyes when I say it, but I do, <laughs> I do, I do vet my artists. Okay. I try not to buy from Nazis. Yeah. There's a tendency that they creep in those categories. Yeah. It's kind of a fucking problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do my best to vet and make sure that, you know, I'm buying from music that, I'm buying, buying music from people that are not obtusely sketch. Right. So, but I've always kind of liked a lot of the darker textures. I've liked a lot of the abrasiveness and the harshness. And to me, just black metal itself is so easily moldable into almost any other subgenre. I've heard bands like Masarthum blend it with like electronica 
there's the whole plethora of black and death metal black and death core is kind of its own thing that's really hot right now as well as like the symphonic death uh the symphonic death core stuff you say blackened death core yeah can so you, like, can you give me an example i just i that just sounds fun and and scary all at the same time honestly i would say like carnifex and lorna shore kind of tap into that a little bit oh okay um just throw a shuffle yeah, on them basically like you have your z-tuned chugga chugs and then minor chords and fast blast beats and as well the aestheticism around the works has more of that creepy black metal vibe rather than kind of like the polished deathcore feel like a lot of the say like Lorna Shore's EP that they put out that kind of blew them up using that artist um, whose name escapes me, but I, I have like a couple different releases that he's done paintings for like Bell Witch. And there's another one. There's like the really ethereal, creepy ghostly stuff. Yeah. Um, that doesn't really fit in to me with the typical deathcore aestheticism, but it works really well. For Lorna Shore, it looks really good. And as well with the direction that they've kind of completely leaned into, I think it suits their sonics as well at this point. So it's kind of a wave of bands following them too. Yeah. With, with all that. I mean, so. I wouldn't fall, I wouldn't blame them. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Lorna, Lorna brings, brings some goddamn heat. Just... This is a totally yeah. different animal. And then like last year, whenever they released that one track where he was just basically the embodiment of the devil or whatever Zelzebub noise yeah. he was making and the, the fucking internet broke for about three days. Yeah, that's the EP I'm referring to. Okay. That one. Yeah, it, it was it was just it was one of those moments for me in in music that that just was like, wow like whoa that whoa even though it's been done in various forms or in different uh scenarios it just but it just it fucking ripped i mean it was it was you know the sliced bread for the moment kind of thing and i and that is and that's kind of what helped me you know lean a little further into the not so core centric stuff uh cuz i mean i'll admit i'm i'm your generic run of the mill white dude middle aged Give me some ones and zeros and something to bounce my head to and potentially move around and two-step and, you know, we'll call it a day. But, you know, when I get a chance to sit back and enjoy, like, there's a band that I, I've been meaning to get a hold of uh, that I finally spoke to yesterday, a band called Stoneside. And it's this avant-garde kind of doom, progressive. I mean, there's all kinds of elements in there. Uh, but it's about stories of people that have passed. It's like their stories. So it's, it's a really cool concept, uh, but the imagery and the music that go along with it just make it this whole nother thing. And that's why I really like y'all's flavor of music because it's, you know, it's not just straightforward cookie cutter, you know, gent box machine. It's like, it, it's, you, you get to take a journey. And uh, I'm personally looking forward to what you guys uh, have, have coming out. And I mean, with you saying that you have, three albums on the back burner i'm i mean yeah how do you choose from that plethora of of content well it's what i'll say is i say three albums 
And it's like, I have three albums where I know like what the theme is going to be or what the story is going to be. Um, I'm thinking of like the aesthetics around it, like with the releases, stage gear, anything uh, involving that. There's only material towards, well, actually, no, as of one of the singles that I was writing, I turned into the first song for the third album. So there's like bits and pieces of songs and then a couple complete songs for each one. And I've kind of kept them on the shelf because I just, I mean, we, we want to write fresh stuff before we try and tackle an album. So this first, well, I'm sorry to interrupt. I was going to say, well, now are you the main songwriter and then you pass it amongst the group or does it come from, uh, the, you know, the trifecta itself? Uh, I would say I'm the primary songwriter. Yes. And from there on, it's kind of like, um, like say when I write drum parts for the songs, I program drums, I keep them painfully simplistic as best as I can. (laughs) So that way Aaron can just understand what the vibe is and then he can do his thing. Ah, okay. Uh, he's completely changing what the beat is, as long as it's like the the intent for the part is expressed musically, he can go in and make whatever changes he wants. Sure. And um, having Hakeem in the fold, it's going to be kind of first time seeing like what all three of us kind of do together. But yeah. Um, the first single that I'm working on, again, is going in a much more extreme direction. I've kind of planted it as kind of like TXT goes Anal Mafrak. So still big chords and epic, but there's going to be, it's going to be a faster song, probably the fastest song we have so far. Blast beats continuously, noisy, harsh, distorted vocals. Um Aaron's just like, thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> yep. Like, can I get, can I just get like a half measure or two to chill for a minute, please? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, you will do this. You will do this as fast as humanly possible. We're gradually turning into a dark funeral cover band. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And then as well, I'll go ahead and say we have, we have some friends that we're, getting ready to talk to to explore some different things um i'm going to keep it intentionally stupidly vague um just in case not pans out but we are going to hopefully try and explore some more um i guess as you could say leaning a bit more towards the traditional symphonic metal stuff um very melodic vocal oriented but you know the sound of the band isn't really changing over these singles. That's kind of one thing I want to say out of the gate. Okay. No matter what you hear coming out of whatever comes next from TXT, it's not a change in direction. It's an expansion, a very hyperbolized expansion. So that way you're getting big doses of different things. So that way you're kind of, you can be kind of adjusted to it as you hear it incrementally throughout future works so you know if if it means like we're gonna have a freaking db grindcore blast beat part well you already have a song that's going to introduce that 
if you're going to have more epic, clean vocal-oriented stuff, you're already going to have that. And then the albums will just be kind of a combination of everything that already exists done better, hopefully, with these new flavors added in. Nice. So a little bit of something for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Do you guys have any shows uh, in the early of the year? Or anything planned, I should say? So we uh, we have one more show this year on the 30th in Houston. Um, and then the, so, so far, the only thing we have announced is, was it May 12th? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're playing Mammoth Fest here in Houston uh, with some really cool bands. Um, Cyborg Octopus, uh, So Hideous, Pound, Pound. Fucking um, love these names. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a really cool lineup, and we're we're really stoked for it. It's kind of a it's a weird conglomeration of kind of like tech bands and also like kind of mathy hardcore bands. Okay, it's and called so Mammoth be, Fest. Yeah, it'll be uh, on the north side of Houston uh, at Acadia, and then addition to that, and then we will have a few shows around that um, we're working on right now, um, and then we're also we're we're working on some stuff in March as well. Not not sure exactly where all that's going to be, but you know we're trying to make it around Texas again. Uh, we kind of just made it around Texas what two weekends ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did Corpus San Antonio Austin, and so uh, we're trying to make it around Texas a little bit more early next year, and then maybe start uh, wandering out of state a little bit if we can. You know, as soon as as soon as any of that is feasible we're we're trying to do it so and make it happen um so that's all kind of stuff that's in work nothing is finalized yet but you know we're we have we have some friends and uh various bands around the state that we're kind of trying to set up either weekend runs with or uh uh maybe something a little bit longer but um nothing quite announced yet on that end no, no, no worries. I, I know that, you know, the end of the year, you know, this will, you know, this will be one of the first ones we launch. Uh, we just kind of take December off and just try to retool. I think that that's what everybody does. But if I ever get word that there is a show that you guys might fit the bill or, you know, uh, now that come and take it is uh, <laughs> allowing me to book shows more than more than once a year, I'm really trying to you know, impress upon them that, you know, yeah, the ATX metal scene is, is, is nice and thriving, but you know, there's Houston and San Antonio and San Marcos and New Braunfels and DFW and all the, the, you know, the, the entirety of Texas. So everyone is welcome, welcome to come and play in Austin. And that's one of my goals is just to get, you know, get fans in front of bands and bands in front of fans, you know, (laughs) let's, let's party, let's mix it up and, buy some merch and some tickets and get these motherfuckers paid. And you know, cause Spotify don't pay shit. So, uh, <laughs> put money in the hands of the people that count. Um, yeah, we, we, we really love playing Austin. I mean, uh, we played, we got to play come and take it at the beginning of this year. And yeah, we absolutely enjoy, uh, we love that venue. Uh, the sound is phenomenal. Yeah. Ever since they got them new speakers, it's just, it's a totally different ball game in there. I think they might yeah. be doing something else with the lights. I'm not too sure. I, for fun, go up there and fuck around with the lights. I have no fucking clue what I'm doing sometimes, but 
<laughs> Juicy's just like, hey, man, you want to run the lights? Or some band is like, hey, you want to run the lights? I'm like, dude, I know like four buttons, but I'll make it look sexy. And, you know, half the time I know about 80% of the songs well enough to time it for like breakdowns and stuff. But uh, other than that, it's just me up there literally just smashing buttons caveman style. Well, before we get out of here, what are all the ats uh, on social media so people can get a hold of you, a place to buy the merch, and and just stay up on on Zabellion Triangle things? Yeah, definitely. Let's see. So on Instagram, it's just the underscore Zabellion underscore Triangle. And then let's see. If you go on there, we also have a link tree that has everything. But um, uh, Facebook, just look up the Zabellion Triangle. You'll find us there. Pretty sure um, that's not a name that's really taken <laughs> yeah i mean honestly if you just google the name you'll find only stuff about us basically unless you go far enough then you start finding i think some yeah there's definite rabbit holes you can climb into yeah but it, it most of, if you put in the zabellion triangle like mo- that's basically just us you're gonna, let's you try it the zabellion triangle you are number one two three four five Six, seven, eight. Yep, you are all over the homepage of Google if you just type in the Zabellion Triangle. I think I think as long as you get the spelling right, you're good. <laughs> yeah, that's that's egg. I'll just put it, I'll put a link in the comments. We'll be fine. But yeah, so we have all the links there. Um we have uh we have our band camp and also a uh merch website. There's not too much on there right now. We we actually just got a uh, a pretty big batch of merch in uh for that run we just did. And I think after this show, at the end of the year, we'll probably start throwing everything up online. So, you know, we, we wanted to make sure that the people coming out to the shows kind of have the first first pick. Oh, nice. But, uh, you got a coffee mug, too? We do. Yeah, I, nice. actually, I actually used I have one up here at my house and I used it this morning. <laughs> it's a great mug. I like the I like the fact that it's just not black shirts, yeah. like blue, green, uh, like a like a blue with pink. I'm sorry, purple with pink, pink with pink, black with pink, obviously. That's sexy. Yeah, that was so. I mean, that's that's been a, a fun, like a, an interesting thing about, you know, our merch is uh, m- me personally, I I hate buying black shirts anymore. It's just <laughs> you and my, my wife. <laughs> yeah, my whole closet is black shirts. So I, I, I try to buy other other colors and mix it up. And so we kind of started experimenting with that um, early on. We kind of had like a drop shipping uh, website where you could basically order a logo or emblem T-shirt and base and a lot of colors. We we wanted it to be like everything, but we were limited on what we we're able to set up, and it didn't do quite as well as we thought. That was a learning experience. But you know, there's some people we'll occasionally like go play a show or be out at a show and see someone with like their one-off color and it's really cool to see because it's like oh they they knew us early on that that was up before the album dropped or anything right so since then we started doing we did a a couple different merch drops um where we've we've kind of just changed up the colors so you know if you have a certain color combination you're kind of just wearing a certain period in time of the band essentially because we've we've kind of changed it up like it, you you won't see it on the, our merch store yet, but I think if you go to our social media, you might see a, uh, some of our newer designs. We have a uh, a navy shirt uh, with the dragon on it, and then the logo above it, and then we also have a red shirt, um, same design. And then we we did a few more black shirts because 
we kind of have to always go back to black shirts. Everyone always wants black shirts. Got it, <laughs> yeah. We like them, but yeah. you know, everyone always requests them. So we, you, we got to <laughs> keep those flowing. So, so that, you know, nobody's, nobody stops buying our merch. They're like, they don't have any black t-shirts boycott. <laughs> I know. We were, we heard a, you know, a few people wanting black t-shirts of our newer designs and, they so just stopped it out for the normal black t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we have, because uh, we'll, we have that one pink, light pink, the pink logo. And I, uh, some of our earlier shows this year, when we had a bunch of those, we're, we're almost out of them now. I was really trying to be a salesman on some of those. People would come up and want a, you know, a black shirt or something else. I'm like, you know, you look great in the pink. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> You know, this really suits your, your skin tone. Yeah. I mean, I, I had to tell him, Hey, that's what I, I have one of my own. I, I love wearing it. I've convinced a few people, but not everyone can, uh, not everyone was sold on it. Unfortunately. So. Yeah. It's not, it's not everyone's forte to rock a, you know, pink metal shirt, but uh, <laughs> I think that's pretty metal. But I, you know, Hey, I I've, I've, I've got a few pink shirts myself, so I'm not, uh, I am not, I'm, I'm a fan of not a, uh, not a foe, but well, I've I have had an absolute smashing of a time uh getting to know everybody and and the band as well. Uh so I I I I look forward to actually seeing you guys play live. Um so if there's any way that I can facilitate or if you guys have any ideas like hey, what about this weekend or this weekend? Um just shoot me a message and you know, yeah, like, like I tell everybody, I I will always ask the question because if you don't ask, then you you know, or if you do and they say no, or you know, not this weekend, maybe next, you know, at least at least you know, no isn't now, no is maybe later. So that's how I look at it. Well, you can count on me. I'm usually the the one bothering everyone about everything. So. <laughs> okay, well, I I, encur- I encourage the pestering. So again, thanks thanks for the time. Thanks for thanks for the enjoyable music first and foremost, and um, just uh, shoot me over all the links and stuff that you guys want to. Uh, you know, and the uh, especially the guy that mixed and the artist and all that, so they can, so maybe other people can, you know, potentially hit them up and get some work done. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. I always want to send them work. We've had a couple locals actually get logo designs from Quota oh, since us, so that's really awesome. Like the the Mammoth Fest, Al Friedman, he got his new Mammoth Fest logo from Bota, as well as his uh, personal project. Thomason has a has a logo from him as well. Cool. So, uh, it's really cool to see. All right. Well, I guess we'll, uh, I guess we'll end it here. And then uh, I'll hit you guys up whenever it's ready to go. All righty. Thank All you right. so much. All right. Thank you very much. This has been enjoyable. Yeah. All right. All right. Absolutely. Bye. 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 Bye.